There's Mr. Stan. Hello, Mr. Stan. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Draftsman Podcast. My name is Stan Frickbenko, and I got my awesome co-host, Marshall Vandruff. Oh, I hated right. that. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, you do it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Draftsman Podcast. I am the co-host, Marshall Vandruff, and this is... The host, Stan Frickbenko. Which one was better? <laughs> Probably yours. That was an intro. Yeah. Let's see, what did we talk about last episode? We talked about the, I don't know what word you're going with. The faults of the soul. Chicken noodle soup of the soul, yeah. whatever, I don't know. Faults, well, pitfalls, sins, risks. I hope it was useful. Do you think it's important enough for me to print those out and hang them up on my wall? I don't, I don't know. That would be up for no? We've done a lot of this personal responsibility thing. That would be up to you to decide whether it was that important. Oh, 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 oh I'm putting it on me again. Yeah. I'm not going to be the one who decides that. I'm lazy. I don't want to make decisions. <laughs> Can you just help me? That's why you should, is that this will <laughs> prove that you are willing to overcome it. Okay. What's the topic for today? The topic for today is critiques. We're going back to, was that the first episode we did in season one? The first episode we did was fear of critiques and the value of photorealism or something like that. Oh, we did two topics. Okay. Yeah, well, we did. we're going to expand on critiques. We're going to go beyond just fear of them. We're going we're gonna to be very specific right here. We're going to talk about how to give good critiques how to give bad critique and how not to give yeah, bad yeah. critique. <laughs> um, how, how to get useful feedback, you know, how to set yourself up for good critiques, how to respond to critiques. Um, lots of things, all sorts of things about critiques. Uh, it's, a, it's an important one. This is. I agree. I think one of the reasons we're doing this is because... Uh, you know, Proco 2.0 website is going to be coming out at some point in the future and I think it's really important for our audience to understand what a good critique is because a big part of the that community is going to be helping each other out. It's going to be community feedback towards each other and not just instructor feedback because instructors, online instructors have way too many students. It's, it's way too difficult to expect an online instructor to critique everyone like they do in a in a university classroom or something and so we need to make sure that we develop the uh the online community in a way that helps itself good i think it's very important for peers to help each other in the same way that mentors traditionally help them that sounds great yeah and not even if it's not for the the new Proco website. I mean, there's forums, there's Facebook groups, there's communities all over the place. This is important for any of those. And there is a lot of bad critique going on. Sure. Yeah. So much so that it's it's hard. It's just hard to even get close to some of it. It just does not take into account what we're supposed to be doing during a critique. Good critiques are hard to hard to come by. They're hard to find, um, but they're they're essential to artistic growth, I think. Um, and so, 
let's do this. Let's let's talk about how to give and get good critiques. Even the name critique, the the root word of it is the same word as critical. It emphasizes that this is going to be a negative feedback that is going to help you go on a more positive route. I that's why it's not my favorite word, but it's a word that doesn't seem like it's going to go away. So I'm okay with using that word, but maybe this conversation will help flesh it out to see that it is more than sure. just critical feedback. A lot of the advice I'm going to give are actually more along the lines of what you're saying right now. It's not about just pointing out the errors in someone's work. It's literally it's really just thinking about what does this person need? How can we help them? And yeah. it might not be pointing out the errors. The popular word that's coming in now, even though it's been around for a long time, is mentoring. Mm -hmm. Because mentoring means that I'm going to use my mind to meet your mind and we're going to look at your work and we're going to see what's worth working with and what's worth discarding uh, and, and help steer. Yeah. So, but the, the word critique is what everybody knows. So. Yeah, that's what everyone uses. It's Okay. That's the one we'll use. <laughs> Where do you want to start? The first question some people might have is like, when am I ready to give critiques, right? Am, am, I, am I allowed to critique someone? Like, I'm a beginner. The first thing I would do is to break things into the objective and the subjective. And a beginner may not have enough knowledge to look at a piece and objectively assess it. Uh, they can give their opinion and opinions are important. Especially if, if it's a beginner who's your client, who's going to buy this, their opinion counts. But that's the first thing I do in assessing what a critique is. There are some things that are objectively measurably true. There are other things that tell me more about my opinion than they do about the piece. And then there's the overlap. I, don't, I think yeah. that we, we can't really have a useful conversation unless we understand that spectrum. Great. We've defined that. We have a full episode on that. I feel like that's probably enough. Objective versus subjective. Mm -hmm. Beginners might not have enough, inform uh, enough knowledge to give an objective critique, but they might have enough. <laughs> so, and it, it doesn't have to be big picture. If you just, if you watched a lesson on gesture, and then you saw somebody post a drawing they did that's a, literally the assignment from the gesture episode but and you notice that this person did something that was considered a mistake from the video, I feel like that's okay to say, hey, you know, Stan or whoever the teacher is says that this, you need, you need to use simple sh uh, lines like s curves c curves and straights in your in your gestures i see you're using a lot of complex lines like that's pr something pretty easy to pick up even for a beginner that just watched the lesson that's right and you can point that stuff out even if you don't have a lot of experience from it right being able to spot errors is way easier than being able to do it without any errors at all and so, I, I feel like beginners are more capable of critiquing others and helping others see problems in their work than they give themselves credit for. As long as they go into it with the intent to actually help this person and 
they're confident enough in how they understood the lesson to give that critique. But it doesn't always have to be pointing out errors. You just said it yourself. Sometimes maybe what that student needs is some advice on something that's not technical. You know, if, if, you, if you could tell this person is just feeling sad about something, you could just give them advice about how to approach studying. And a beginner to art might have experience in other parts of life that could be useful to a student of anything. So, know your strengths. Know what you can, how you can help other people. And it doesn't have to be specifically about this drawing that, that they're, they're studying. You can critique people or help people in many ways. Sometimes the smallest bit of knowledge is just enough. Yeah. I remember uh, going through Michael Wilcox's uh, two primaries uh, where he, you have, he has you mix from two different primaries, one that's biased one way on the wheel and one that's biased the other way. With my son, when he was six years old, we watched that video and he understood all of it. And then as I was sorting out my colors and I started to put extra colors in there, I, oh, dad, dad, this is, this is temptation. It was just enough information for him to see that if you're going to follow the rules of two primaries and not three or four primaries for each, that that was enough. Six-year-old can be an yeah. effective uh, hold you accountable to the thing that we're trying to do here. Basically, everybody has something to teach. Doesn't have to be about the thing that they're learning in that specific lesson. Um, you know, be humble about where you're, you are, but also be confident about where you are. Even if you're in the beginning, be confident with yourself. How does a beginning critiquer know whether they're being humble or confident or appropriate? Through experience, I guess. Your, your peers will probably give subtle clues to <laughs> either your big ego or your deflated self-esteem. Okay. Social intelligence, okay. emotional intelligence will help you get there. I can't teach emotional intelligence right now on this podcast, Marshall. Okay. <laughs> um, do you have you an answer? Yes, I do have an answer and it's, okay. it's what your answer. I want to take your answer and okay. pull it up and, and, and examine it because it has what it in there except I take the word subtle. I take the subtle cues out of it. I think mm -hmm. that every critiquer should be willing to be critiqued for how they critique. I think that's part of what we should address. What are the what are the laws or the rules that must be applied to the person who's in that position of I'm the authority here? What must we say? Okay, there's a law higher than me that says that I can't just critique however I want to. There is a way that I am held accountable. Yeah, critiquing is a skill that can be developed. You can get better at critiquing. Mm -hmm. um, and so, I, I have some specific advice on okay. how to give good critiques. Let's hear that. But before we get there, let's, let's talk a little bit about why you even want to critique people. Why waste the time? 
Well, I'm, I can't imagine why anybody would say, nah, I don't have any, any vested interest in your work. If their job, if they're getting paid to help, if they're a friend of the person. What if they're not a friend of the person? This is, they're just on some website. And what if they're not getting paid for it? I don't know the answer. Okay. One reason is that helping others feels good. <laughs> it does. But it does. So, the selfless reason, right? It, it feels good to help. Some people need this. They need to feel helpful. But there's also a selfish reason to critique others or help others online. Uh, one of them is networking, developing good connections. If you become known on some, in some forum as someone to go to for, for advice, you, you start making friends. Some of those friends might end up getting jobs at a, 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 a company a few years later. I mean, we talked about this already with networking in general. Like, just be helpful to other people and eventually it'll come back. The more friends you have, the more chance you have of getting help from your friends. Critique is social. Critique yes. is connecting with other people. It's, it's establishing a relationship and establishing the way this relationship goes is that if you ask me a question, I can answer or I might ask you some questions and that will start a dialogue. Yeah. The, the two people in my life that I know that have a really big, strong network are you and Christian. Mm -hmm. And both of you guys develop your network by helping people. So, I see that as the strongest way to develop your network. So, start helping people. Be helpful. That's, that's a selfish, selfish reason to help others. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's, that's the beautiful it, irony of that is one yeah. of the most selfless, selfish things we can do is to Be selfless. work on unselfishness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's will, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it could, it could broaden your appreciation for others and for other styles and for other ways of working, other ideas. Keep going. And, and one really big reason, and we've talked, we talked about this in a recent uh, podcast episode, is that it helps to strengthen your understanding of these concepts by verbalizing it. It does. By coming up with a way to say it to someone else in a way that it'll make sense to them makes it stronger in your head, the way you understand it. So, you will get better by helping others get better. Indeed. Those are the only ones I could think of of why you should critique others. Yeah. So, now let's move on to how to give a good critique. Okay. I'm ready. The first thing you have to start with is that you, you have to try to understand the goal of the person you're critiquing. Absolutely. The person behind it is the main objective here. It's not to just write a good critique blindly to anybody and use this other person's work as a way to uh, teach everyone something. It's also not just a platform for you to show off how much you know. If a beginner is posting, a, uh, let's, let's say a figure drawing, they're, they're, they're obviously just starting on figure drawing and then you start get, listing off all the, the ways they screwed up their anatomy and you start naming these, all the, the names of the muscles and, 
and you, you just show off your understanding of the human body to make yourself look good, this is in no way helpful to the person you're critiquing. It's just going to confuse them. It's going to make them feel like, oh, crap, there's so much I don't know. And are they even ready for that? Probably not. Like, make sure you understand what this person you're critiquing needs at this moment right now in order to get to the next level. If it's anatomy, if you really feel like they need to start thinking about anatomy and, and improving that, then great, give them that information. Um, but you always start by considering the person on the other side. Now, that's if you're coming in cold. What do you mean? And that means if someone says, I want critique on my work. Can you give me critique on my work? The first question is, what is it you're hoping to do here? What? Because I could, I could ruin your piece by giving you uh, feedback on anatomy when you're trying to do a primitive cartoon that doesn't want anatomy. So, that's what you're coming in cold. When I'm doing critique, most of the time, it's because we've had an assignment, a project with specific guidelines and specific goals have been clear. So, when we come into that critique, it's already understood. Here's what we're trying to do with this project. And so, I understand that up front. But I agree, the objective is where are we steering? Where are we going? What are you trying to do here? If we don't have that, it's a waste of time to just take one chance in a thousand that you're going to hit what this person needs. Yeah. If the person asking for critique didn't specify all that stuff, then the, you, you can ask follow-up questions. That should probably be where you start in helping them is by trying to understand them. And with online communities, that's a very easy thing to do. You comment below and you, they'll, they'll answer you. Um, you, you, can, you can have a conversation with that person. You know, treat it like you're, if somebody actually came up to you asking you for advice, almost always we begin by asking questions. Getting to know them a little bit better, figuring out their goals, uh, the objective of the specific piece and their, their larger artistic goals as a a student and an artist and uh, you know what, what are they working for what do they are they trying to go into the animation industry you know they, they want to be a car designer you know very different objectives here so you, understanding the person by asking questions if you don't yet understand them from their the context of their post so let's assume we understand what the what the student wants what the critique is trying to do that reminds me of a cartoon character I wanted to to develop um, for for an AI that uh, that critiques people when that comes out. Uh -huh. The name will be Critiki uh -huh. <laughs> because it'll be a tiki pole. You know the the Hawaiian. Oh dear. Okay. Or Polynesian. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Critiki, and it'll have these like robotic eyes on it. Cultural appropriation. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're stealing it from Disneyland. It's just wordplay. Come on. I know. It has nothing to do with Hawaiian people. It's just the, the, happened to, the word tiki happens to be in there. Is that cultural appropriation? I, it I, is, huh? I don't know. <laughs> Wait, what was your question? The question is, if we understand what the objective is here, what this student is trying to get, where do we go next? Make sure you give context to your opinions as well. Give me an example. I guess an example would be if, if there's any personal taste involved 
in your critique. Make sure you put that on the table. Um, why, why do you think this person needs to improve this thing? Give specific examples of how this will help or uh, an example of how it would be done correctly. You could even provide images that help them see it more clearly. If you do want to give an opinion, be specific on why and how you think this would actually help strengthen the piece or help them improve. Um, just, just kind of s giving advice like, I think you should improve your gesture. You can be specific about how they should improve the gesture or even why they should improve their gesture in the specific piece. The, the topic is gesture. Yeah. And there are, there are a few things that almost anyone who even believes in gesture would say are useful. One is that some simple lines of continuity hold it together. And if that's not happening in this piece, that's where we can say, look how it feels disjointed. And if you were to work with fewer lines and longer lines to hold things together for continuity, that might help. Another would be that the position of this person who's supposed to be running, we've got them skipping because of the way their limbs are positioned. And that is not the way a person runs. When a person's going to throw a punch, they would be putting their weight on this leg and they'd be putting that leg out. That's the empathy with the model. And we could say, that's an awkward pose. And then we could help them by saying, get into that pose and you'll see that it is. Let's do some analysis. So we're getting very specific of how to help with gesture. Another would be that the whole thing is all curved lines. How important it has been for artists for a long time to have a balance and rhythm of curves one way and another and curves and straights. Now we've got some objective criteria to say there's something missing in these gestures. Maybe we should give you, maybe we should design an exercise specifically for you to build those muscles to get better at gesture. Yeah. This way the prescription is related to the diagnosis of the problem. Yeah, and, and you're trying to be as clear as possible. You want to make sure that uh, you're making it easy for the critique to understand what you're saying. And not just understand what you're saying, but also understand how to actually apply what you're saying. To me, that's the next assignment. Right, yeah. That if, if you're working on this and it isn't working, now we've got a new assignment for you. We've got a new problem to solve. Yeah, and that's only if you can, if you're capable of it. Sometimes, like we were saying, beginners might be able to see the problem someone's having, but they might not necessarily have the answer. It's still useful to point out the problem, but if you're capable of clarifying even further and, and making it easy, even easier for the critique to take that next step, then, then yeah, do it. Draw over their drawing. Show them exactly how to fix it. That's the most useful, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that takes longer. But hey, you're also practicing. You know, you're 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 learning how to solve this problem. You're you're solidifying your ability to solve this in your own work when when it comes comes up in your work. So one of the the most helpful people on the website right now, while it's in beta phase, is Leandro Roger. I pay him to go on there and critique, but I pay him because he's really good. And he very often will provide images in his critique. Great. 
So it's very clear to the student what he's talking about. Great. You know, we are working with a visual medium here and sometimes words can be confusing to especially beginners when you might even be using words that they don't understand yet and and you don't know that they don't understand those words. Um, but seeing it is like, oh, oh, okay, there's the answer. <laughs> it's kind of, it's, it's so much easier for the student to understand when you provide an overlay or, or maybe an example of someone else that did it correctly and you point it, you point to it, you're like, see this right here. That's great to hear. Almost always he has an example. Stan, there's two things going on here. One is what you mentioned earlier about networking. And so, she, you brought up Leandro's name. So, Leandro is already now famous in my world and our world as someone who you opened up a stage that's brand new and this is a person who's shining as an example enough to where they got themselves a job. Yeah. Uh, the second thing is how he is shining. He's shining by pointing the way, by saying, here's how it can be done. Here's how it is done. Here's how someone else did it so that we've got something concrete and not just talk. The very first point too, that he always tries to understand uh, maybe an underlying issue with the student, not just the the problem with this one drawing. It's always looking a little bit deeper and giving, putting it into a more context. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. Don't even know him, and I love him in advance. He's all over the the website at this point. He, he responds to a lot of people. Okay, so we've got objectives and objective assessment. And then pointing the way to what uh, to where it can go, good examples. Yeah, the the third big thing and the, the the final one is to try to frame things positively and not try to bring down the the person getting your critique. I know this this does depend a lot on the person receiving it as well. But the way you approach it, if you approach it in a more positive way, try to be in enthusiastic, try to uh, be more motivating rather than just saying like, you're not good enough and, you know, intentionally just trying to bring down the person. Yeah, that's motive. Yeah. Your motive is, is to help this person get to the, to the next level, help them improve, not to make them sad. <laughs> so in, in the it might just be in the subtlety of the way you use your words. You could say the same thing but in a nice way. I have three examples. Yeah, go ahead. These are examples of good critiques. I like this pose, but the shoulder is looking dislocated. You might need to move it forward to make it more natural, like in this reference. Good. Very objective. Very specific. Yeah. And they're positive. I like this pose. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I like you. You got some food on your mouth, though. Exactly. I like this pose, but the shoulder is dislocated. You might want to try to move it forward to make it more natural. You're you're being specific with how to fix it, like in this reference. You're actually providing them example. Yeah, very good. Another one. There's a ton of detail going on here, but it can be better to have a few places of lower detail to balance out the composition. Here's an example. <laughs> Very similar type of thing. Uh, next one. What sort of art do you admire? I feel like you are aiming for this style, but knowing more about your goals might help us give advice. That's wonderful. That's a, that's a great attitude. It's like, I don't want to give you my opinion until I know what it is you need. Okay, let's move on to the bat bad critiques. Okay. 
<laughs> some of these might just be the opposite of what we already talked about. Um, but it doesn't consider the person receiving it. <laughs> that is literally the opposite. <laughs> um, uh, it crushes someone's spirits or make them feel hopeless. Also, the opposite of the thing we talked about. Um, if it's not your thing, if it's not something that you're interested in, let other people comment on it who have more experience on the topic. So, just saying something like, you know, stop drawing anime. Yeah. It's like, okay, just because you don't like anime doesn't mean that this person shouldn't like anime. This is a very subjective. Um, and But it could be subjective in very subtle ways too, you know, like that was obviously very blunt, like I don't like anime, you should not do it either. Um, but if you see that somebody's aiming for something that you don't like, don't try to give them objective advice pointing them to more of a subjective goal. Do you see how that they could be kind of in the same advice? Yes. That this, but this goes back to understanding, understanding where they're going. Yeah, it's like you you can give someone objective advice for your own motive, <laughs> right? And that is then subjective. So be careful about that i guess that that it actually does just go back to know the motive of the of the person asking for the critique but it's just a little more specific now if this isn't your thing step back let someone else handle it someone that has more experience on this thing and actually has interest in this and then also even if the the critique the, the person asking for the critique is being frustrated um maybe a little immature it, it's not an invitation for you be, to be rude back to them. Try to be friendly even to the people who not, are not necessarily not friendly, but just the people who need a push towards positivity. Now, you're talking about the critiquer or the critique Well, both. If the critique is a student who is obviously frustrated and, and being kind of annoying, you know, it, this, is, this happens pretty often. I mean, a lot of artists are not confident in their work and they, they put themselves down um, and some people start begging and just, just being not very uh, helpable. Hmm. They don't make people want to help them. But that's not an invitation now for you, the critiquer, to, to be unfriendly towards them. You can give them now some advice on how to ap approach getting critiques and how they can improve their way of learning, but do it, again, in a friendly way. Someone being annoying or unfriendly is not an invitation for you to do the same thing. Otherwise, it becomes a fight. Yeah. It, it keeps the community stronger when you lead by example, when everybody leads by example. Be nice to the people you don't like as well. I noticed you will use the word try, try to be nice. <laughs> or just don't say anything at all. Let the moderators handle it hmm. or the grown-ups or whatever type of community you're in. Hmm. Okay, I, that, that was it for bad critiques. Yeah, they were, they were all just opposites. <laughs> well, I have some thoughts about this that I want to I bring up. 
historically, one of the ways that we keep each other in line is to make fun of each other when we do things that we shouldn't do. It's an ancient practice to put a negative label not necessarily on a person, but on a type of behavior. It's the goofus and gallant approach to labeling. And there are certain things that critiquers do that should be labeled as bad behavior and to make fun of those. And that is a my way or the highway. It's not always wrong. That is the military approach where the military is designed for efficiency. You can't sit around and think everything through when you're in battle. It's that they said, do this, so you do that, and the machinery all works. But that is one kind of behavior that when somebody is participating in that, to, to look at it, to label it, and to say, that's a my way or the highway. Another is to ignore the motive. Uh, another is to be too vague to be understood. Each one of these faults of the teacher can be labeled and could be had fun with and could even be turned into visible characters and animations could be made about them so that we look at that, we say, that's bad critiquing, and then we ingest as uh, socially not to participate in that behavior because one of the most difficult things socially is to be laughed at, to be humiliated. And so we don't want to play that role. Now, same thing with the student. The student can be so thin-skinned that you can't say anything that isn't praise. And even if it isn't praise, if it's just a neutral objective but isn't praise, the student just breaks apart emotionally. That is, uh, that is something that can be labeled as, the, uh, as whatever type you want to call it, the, the easily wounded. Yeah, that's a big thing in my next section is how to respond to critiques. Okay, let's let's segue into it with another way that students can be uh, terrible. This doesn't happen that often, but yeah. I've certainly seen it happen. The student wants you to give negative critique, and it may be they want it because they want to get better, uh, but sometimes they want it so that they can argue back <laughs> because that's where they get the most enjoyment is getting in a fight, turning the doctor into a drill sergeant. Turning the fellow traveler, I've mentioned my favorite one is the fellow traveler. I'm a little further along on this traveling. Turn the fellow traveler into a sparring partner. Whatever they say, I'm going to say, I don't think that at all. That is, that is a behavior that can be made fun of enough to where when a student has an itch to pick a fight, they recognize this just gets us off track from what we're trying to do in this class. That's the, the main point that I wanted to make is that caricaturing good and bad behavior, to put that up as a model and that bad behavior will make us a laughing stock is one way I think that can help get us to behave better in our critiques. Yeah, I totally disagree with all that. I know you do because you love to spar. <laughs> Stan, do you have stuff on how to respond to critiques? Yeah, I have several things on my list. Um, the first one is keep in mind that you don't have to accept every advice that's given to you. Um, every critique that's, that everybody says, some of it might be contradicting, some of it might just be bad, it might be subjective. And just because someone does, disagrees with the way you're doing something, it, it's not in their opinion what they like, uh, doesn't mean you should change 
to be that way and you should learn how to identify those types of things. And I think that, you know, one of the reasons that we learn to give good critiques is because we are able to better identify what a good critique is when it's given to us. I think so. So, that actually, let's add that to the list of why, why you should give critiques that we went over in the beginning. Um, so, basically, you, you know, have an open mind. Consider everyone's advice that they're giving you because, I mean, they're taking their time to try to help you, hopefully. Um, but you don't have to accept everyone's advice. Have an open mind but be honest with if this advice serves you or not. Uh, yes, that is putting on the student the responsibility to discern. Is this useful? Right. I've seen both extremes where you can't teach the student anything because anything you give them they're going to say is not, not useful. Sometimes those students succeed really, really wildly. The most successful, financially successful student I ever had, somebody I never taught a thing to. <laughs> his vision was just so strong that anything you said made no difference and that was part of his, part of his thing. Well, but that doesn't mean that they're a good part of a community though. That's right. Oh yeah, not a team player. We're talking about being part of the, a community here. That's right. And helping each other out. If you've got such a strong vision that you, you, you don't hear any feedback from someone whose job is to give you feedback, then that is even more of an example of you taking responsibility. I didn't listen to anybody and I made more money. Uh, but if you're not in that position where you are that willing to bet on your own confidence that I know what I need to know and I don't need anything from that person who claims to be an authority then great, more power to you if you succeed. But if you don't succeed, it may be that you just couldn't be taught. Yeah. So, okay. So, you don't have to accept every critique but <laughs> as you pointed out, as you pointed out, this if you take this too far, it could be it could be bad if you're trying to be part of a community and you're trying to actually learn from others. Yeah. Appreciate the, the feedback people are giving you. They're trying to help you. So, be appreciative. At least respect the person giving you the critique. Don't argue. It's arguing is not productive. You know, if you disagree, if you feel like it's subjective, just say thank you, move on. Arguing with them, it, what is that going to do? It's just, you're just going to now have someone that doesn't like you in the community, or other people who maybe didn't realize don't realize that this person's critique was subjective might see that you started arguing with someone who's trying to help you. And they're not going to give you a critique next time. Right. You know, someone who might have given you objective advice later on might not give it to you because they see that you're arguing with people who are trying to help you. So, it's not productive to argue with people who are trying to help you even if they didn't end up helping you, they're still trying to help you. So, be respectful towards that. The idea with that is there's no need to escalate disagreement. If you don't agree with something, okay, we don't need to then get back in that person and win that fight. Yeah. Thank you for your feedback. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one was if, you know, don't post into a learning environment when your only purpose is to get praise. Okay. You know, be open to other people's opinions about your work even if you're very proud of it. It's good to be proud 
you finished it, you, it's your best work, you feel like this is the best you've ever done, you put it up and people will still find something objectively wrong with it. <laughs> and if you're not okay with hearing that, then don't post it in a learning environment because that's what you're going to get. Right. And actually, <laughs> if you don't want to hear it, don't post it anywhere. <laughs> don't show it to anybody. Basically, I guess have thick skin. Be okay with people offering their opinions on things you did that you like. Yeah. That's part of being a part of society. Yeah. Okay, the next one's a, uh, it's a little one, has a lot of overlap with all the other stuff we said. Uh, you know, help keep your community friendly and helpful. Um, your ego can get in the way of that. Uh, so, just keep your ego in check. Be, be helpful, be friendly. Um, be respectful to people who are different from you. That goes without saying, I guess. Um, and then the, the final thing is be open to feedback from various skill levels. So, if, if you get critique from someone then you look at their profile and then you see that, you know, you feel like, oh, I'm better than that guy. Why, why would I listen to him? Like, still be polite to that person. Be respectful that this person's trying to help you even if you feel like you're better than them. They, they might actually have something to offer you. Is you're better than them maybe overall but not in everything. So, be mature about it um, and let people who are lower than you in their skill level practice their ability to give critiques. Now, do you have built into your system a way that people as critiquers are being graded? You mentioned Leandro. He's obviously being graded well enough to be promoted to where he's a regular critiquer. Is there a way that a critiquer gets critiqued and they start to when they continually become uh, a target of we don't like your critiques that they have less opportunity to assert their critiques? Only on the extremes. Most of it is more social <laughs> ways of of accepting people into the community or not. Uh, the, the, the community decides. Uh, but on the extreme cases, moderation is the is the way that's handled. Okay. Um, we, we won't like mark some person's account as this guy is a 50% okay critiquer. <laughs> so, show, show this guy's post a little bit lower on the... No, we don't have anything like that. If somebody's actually being hostile and rude and, and insulting people, you know, in these extreme cases, obviously those, those posts are going to get reported a lot um, and moderators are going to see them and just take them down. Okay. And sometimes just kick people out of the community. Right. If, if somebody violates more than uh, 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 several times, it's just they don't belong in here. Yeah. They don't belong. They're gone. It, you know, this isn't, this, this, this is, this is a, this is a moderated community. It's not a free for all and, you know, freedom of speech. You have freedom of speech, yes, but, but your speech has consequences. You might not be wanted in this community. It's not YouTube comments. <laughs> it's not YouTube comments, right? I have a thought about this that I want to mention about uh, critiquing critiquers and when things don't go as well as they could be. In that great courses by Michael Dews on managing conflict, 
he explained the phenomenon of triangulation. Triangulation is where you have a problem with how somebody does something. And instead of telling them, you tell somebody else. So you're bringing somebody else into it. That way you're going to get them on your side. It's always easier to tell somebody else about what somebody's doing wrong than it is to go to that person. And when you get multiple triangles of this person's a bad critiquer, that person's a bad student, they have such worthless stuff that you start to get this web of dysfunction. And the purity of the student-teacher relationship where we are here to critique is this is me talking to you and this is you listening to me and vice versa. We can swap roles, but there's a purity in it. Um, but I do see this happen where somebody doesn't like somebody's critiques and instead of going to them and really explaining what the issue was, they simply turn it into the the gossip fest. How so? Gossip with who? Gossip with other students. So, the person who's doing the bad critique doesn't even know they're doing a bad critique, but there's a, there is a festering dissatisfaction that makes everybody feel sick. Yeah. So, the thing that's so good about the one-to-one -one feedback or the one-to-a-group feedback and then the group can say, you know, here's, here's how your feedback helped me or didn't. That's where there's, there's purity in this relationship. But I have seen in, in groups where you can start to have uh, people who triangulate and rather than go to the person they've got a problem with, either because as a student they're doing something wrong or as a teacher doing something wrong, to, to start to get little, little conspiracies against the person who doesn't even know they're being conspired against. Yeah. Well, do you think it's like, do you think it's the role of the like the 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 software you're using or the the club you're at speaking uh to control or moderate this sort of thing um or let the the people who are speaking decide what kind of community they're part of uh I don't think it's the responsibility of the software or the platform <laughs> okay. no I think what okay. the, the the whole motive of me even saying that is that if you're unhappy with a teacher, go to that teacher. Now, I know what comes out of the brain of a college student. I can't because they could punish me by withholding a grade. You are not in that position in, in these cases. You are in a community where that person has no power over you and you can help them be a better teacher if you can go to them respectfully and critique their critique. Uh, yeah, that, that's what I'm bringing it up for is be aware if you're a triangulator, if your tendency when you have a problem with someone is to go to someone else and tell them about it, that is what creates dysfunctional triangles in relationships. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether that's specifically directed to this, but it's just, it's on my mind because I- No, it's a good thing to keep in mind if you're part of a community is don't do that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, that was my everything for how to respond to critiques. The only thing I have left is how do I get useful feedback on my work? All right, we'll stop here. Stan is on paternity leave, but we'll carry through with this next week the subject of how do I get useful feedback on my work. If you want feedback from me on your work, Friday is the deadline for participants to register for the last of this year's Bridgman feedback sessions for you former Bridgman Bootcamp Observers, 
If you're new to this with me and you'd like to eavesdrop on the sessions, it's very inexpensive. Go to martialart.com eavesdrop and you'll have all the info, but it starts soon. See you next week.